I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, April 23, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. There are no surprises. There should be no surprises. Let's do a quick recap of where we are, what happened over the last few sessions, and then what I think is culminating. In fact, let's even reel back the tape just a little bit farther because I'm going to take some stuff off the chart that no longer matters. So, some time ago, we began talking about the red zone or the hot zone between 287 and 290. We knew about the gap up above, we discussed it, but these were the general numbers that we had to pay attention to. Then we got into a creeping market. We would have liked to see the market spike up into that area. That would have provided a different level of overhead resistance than we got. Instead, what we found was a market that is very slow moving and has yet to be rejected in large fashion by any of these numbers. That tells us we have yet to reach final destination. Remember, of late, we've been discussing the things the market isn't doing can be just as important as those it is doing. So, for example, when the market doesn't get rejected at a certain number, we'll just call it 290 for argument's sake, We peaked ahead above 290, dropped back below, but there wasn't a significant rejection from 290. That's telling us the market wants higher prices. There are higher prices in the offing. There just weren't enough sellers up there to meet the demand of buyers. We began discussing once again the gap. There were two gaps dating back several days ago, and I indicated they'll likely both be filled. I think I did that to inside the numbers members. I don't recall exactly. Nevertheless, the one below was filled, and now the one above was filled. We also discussed that because we came up short of the gap at 291.72, pulled back a little bit, the next time up, were we likely to find major resistance and rejection at that gap, or were we likely to bust through that gap? Yesterday, we discussed busting through that gap, Here we are, we busted through that gap, we closed above that gap, which, generally speaking, in and of itself, is bullish. There are other bullish things out here, the trend is still up, that's the primary thing. There has been no damage to the uptrend in quite some time, we've been discussing it day in and day out. What we're waiting for is the market to reach a final destination. We talk about time is more important than price. We are and have been in the zone in time. Make no mistake about it. The time zone doesn't close for quite some time. This market will turn, but it's got to meet that final destination in price before it's ready to turn. Where is that final destination in price? Before we get into that, let's clean up the chart a little bit. We don't need the 287 any longer. We don't need the 290 any longer. We don't need the gap at 291.72 any longer. We have a clean chart. That's all we need. That's because the next part of the discussion, we can go over to the weekly chart. We've achieved all the upside objectives 
that we needed to achieve, in my opinion, even exceeded from a long time ago what I even thought we would do. But as time goes on, you have to adjust any outlook based on current market conditions. As the market continued to grind higher, it became more apparent what was going on, and we discussed it along the way, all the time, each and every day, constantly. Now here we are, approaching the all-time highs. Let's get into a little more of the meat and potatoes of what I think is going on. Before we do that, let me pause, thank everybody for participating, making comments and posts underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction, and you know how I especially love the banter back and forth. In addition, only if it's worthy, hit the thumbs up button on the video and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Back to business. There's a number of things floating around. Just take a pause for a second and realize you're getting into my mind, so it's a danger zone, but here we go. So we're approaching the all-time highs. Is it likely we bust through the all-time highs or unlikely? Are we going to get rejected at these highs pretty much immediately because we're right there right now? Anything is possible, and nobody knows exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. At least, I don't. Maybe there is somebody out there, but I'm not privy to that information. But what I can tell you is, based on the market behavior, based on where we are, and based on some other things that are going on, and I'm going to talk about those, it appears to me like they're going to bust through and make new highs. They'll get everybody excited. We've already gotten everybody excited. We have new price targets for the S&P. We have new price targets for the Dow. There will be more and higher new price targets to appear over the next few days, provided the market continues going higher, of course. We're coming into the end of May. The end of the month is generally an important period of time. The beginning of the following month is generally an important period of time. You do see a lot of money flow the first day of the month. That's next week. You still have Uber on the docket. Uber's IPO is very, very important. The more excitement there is around Uber's IPO, the higher they'll price it, the better it'll do, the more money the investment banks and the early investors in Uber will do. I also think there are a number of other IPOs. So I would look for IPOs to come out, if not late this week, certainly some more next week. I'm not expecting Uber this week. I don't know exactly when it's coming out, but I think it's sooner than later. My impression is it's imminent. How high can they drive this market? Well, think about it in logical slash common sense terms. We started talking about this last night. Let's continue the conversation. Right now, the futures are at 29.39. The S&P cash index, 29.33, spot 68. 3,000 is not that far away. You're already hearing discussions about 3,000. I don't watch the television, but I'm 100% sure they're already talking about it. Dow will be approaching 27,000. Not quite the same milestone as S&P 3,000. That'll get more fanfare. The question is, will we get there? Unlikely. They'll make a run, but they're likely to come up short. How short? It's hard to say. I can't really paint myself in a corner with this one. We could go all the way up to 29.75, 29.65, 29.50. 
29.85, something in that neighborhood. Everybody will look at 3,000, but they'll likely come up short. How do I know this is the likely story? Because we've read this book before. Go back in history and see what generally happens at the big fat round numbers. And it's not just with the S&P. It's just the way it works a lot of the time. I don't know that to be the case. I don't know that they won't bust through 3,000. It doesn't really matter. What we're looking for is a market reversal from wherever it takes place. We don't really care where it takes place. When we're talking about the spiders, does it really matter whether it's 295, 296, 297, 298? It really doesn't matter. The market will have a reversal. What is it going to look like? We've talked about it before. I'm not going to go through all the renditions here. They're actually in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. We go through reversal signals. We go through signs and signal of a trend change. We're in a little bit of no man's land here since we're about to punch through to new highs if that's going to happen. So you can't really rely on specific numbers to the penny. I use other methods to do the best I can and know they're not FIB extensions. Best effort? That's the best I can do. 297. I'm not sure if it'll be right. Could it be 50 cents to a dollar on either side of it? Of course it can. It could be very, very wrong. But my best effort is 297 before this is all said and done. Not saying we have to get there. And keep in mind, it's very, very difficult to figure out where a market that is at new all-time highs will actually stop. That being said, this is my story, 297. Let's talk Turkey over here in Camp IWM. Very interesting, and I want to clear up a couple of things because there could be some misunderstandings about what's going on over there with the IWM and also the transports as it relates to what I like to call my favorite market-leading indicators against the S&P 500. So let me just clear something up real quick, and I'm going to use a weekly chart to do the business. So here we have a weekly chart, and you'll see here that we are in nowhere near the same position that we are in the S&P 500. As a refresher, here's the S&P 500. There's that big fat 297. It gets skewed on the weekly chart. But here we are in a totally different position as it relates to or against the IWM. So here's what I want to clear up. Yes, the IWM and the transports are my two favorite market-leading indicators. That doesn't mean they lead the market every single day, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they were the indicator of how high the market would go, meaning the S&P, off the December bottom. We didn't need them for that. What we did was start looking at the IWM and noticing that it wasn't having the same type of rally. That told us something very important for what comes next. So we're using the IWM in the bigger picture because one thing we do know, when the S&P tops out, whether that's tomorrow or Friday or next Wednesday, whenever the S&P tops out, the IWM will unlikely be at new highs like the S&P will. It'll likely be higher than it is now, but is it likely to be at new highs? No. And then, if you have a real correction over the summertime, the IWM will have been the leading indicator not confirming the breakout. That's the point. And you will get a correction over the summer. While we're on the topic, are the transports confirming the breakout? 
Are the transports in the same position as the S&P 500? No. Can the transports get to new highs? They can. It's unlikely. What will happen if the S&P turns and the transports turn down and the IWM turns down and everything turns down? It will be a non-confirmation signal. So we have been talking about this for quite some time. So those that are unclear might want to go back and review some of the former content. Back to the daily chart of the IWM. What's going on here? Well, you can see pretty clear. We talked about it yesterday. The moving averages, the 20 and the 50 period moving average held. We were squeezed with the 200 right up there, but talked about the fact that that was really insignificant because we've traded in and around it so much. And here we are. And we said that this was a pattern that could certainly break to the upside as long as we stayed above these moving averages. That's what's happening. Will we get above this pivot high here, 160 or so? We could. How high could we get? Well, it all depends on how high the S&P 500 gets. We're right now being led by the S&P 500, not the IWM. But the IWM is giving the clue on the bigger picture scenario. And you have to keep this in mind. The reason why we have to talk about the short term, the intermediate term, and the bigger picture scenario is... The bigger picture scenario is where the money is made. We have good trades every day, just about. Don't get me wrong. Inside the numbers members, they know the numbers are working. Most of those trades are base hits and doubles. Once in a while, we get a triple and a home run. But I'm talking about something a little bit different. I'm talking about catching a trade from a bottom like this. For those of you that are new or within the last few months, go back to the videos from November and December and you'll know what I was buying and the fact that I was buying and what we were talking about the market doing in December. You get one or two trade opportunities like that a year if you're lucky. Well, that trade was officially from 2018. We're officially going to get a whopper in 2019. That's where the money is made. Think about it like this. You're a sales guy and you make your quota every single month. You exceed it by a little bit. You're a pretty steady performer. But once or twice a year, you land one of those whales. That's why you make a lot more money than the majority of the rest of the salespeople. And you also know that all the work you do along the way will eventually pay off. It just takes time and patience. Is the market any different? Absolutely not. Back to the transportation department. Anything wrong with this chart? No, not in the daily chart. It's still in an uptrend. Nothing has happened in a negative way. We kept saying it over and over and over again. As long as the trend is higher, it remains solid. There's nothing wrong. We looked at the weekly chart. We talked about that. We're just talking about the daily chart. We're talking about the fact that all these markets are really acting the same for the most part. They don't all go up the same amount every single day to the same magnitude, but you can see what's going on. They're all grinding higher. They're all going to top out within a day or two of each other, three at the most. Any surprises out in Silicon Valley? No, absolutely not. We talked about it yesterday. There's nothing wrong with this chart. This chart gives nobody any reason to be anything except in cash or long the queues if you're just looking at this chart and this chart alone. You're not going to buy them up here, but if you're already long, you stay on for the ride as long as you can. 
We already broke out to new highs in the queues. Here's the weekly chart. Is it ridiculous? Of course it's ridiculous from the December lows, but it doesn't matter. The market and price are the absolute arbiters. It doesn't matter what we think. Who cares what we think? How high can the queues go? We'll just use the spiders as a gauge. I did the work on the spiders. I didn't do the work on the queues. It takes too long, and I couldn't do it before the video. Getting off real quick at the financial district, what have we been talking about? We've been discussing the fact that without the financials, the market is unlikely to go higher. The financials continue to grind higher. The market is unlikely to fall apart unless the financials are going down. Where are we on the financials? We're above all the moving averages. We broke out above a recent pivot, and we bantered back and forth for a while. Now we're trying to break out again. Here's where we are, and we've done this many times with the financials, but it's important to remind ourselves of where we are, and here's the deal. We've been bantering back and forth right underneath what would normally be overhead resistance. What is that normally telling us? It's normally telling us that they're trying to grind through what would normally be overhead resistance. It was already resistance. We just didn't quite get exactly to the number, meaning the top end of the pivots. But we're here and we have not been rejected. What does that tell us? It tells us we're likely to go to the next major area of resistance. Where is the XLF headed? It can get to 28, even 28 and a quarter. We'll split the difference and we'll leave 28.12 up on the board. I couldn't do 12.5 and I'm not doing 13. SMH, a pretty good leading indicator of the tech sector. Any surprises? No, of course not. Look at this monster. All these charts, it's all the same market. Everything is trading together. Minus a few sectors that have had money rotate out. But in terms of the major indices, everything's grinding higher together until we get to final destination. When exactly is that scheduled to be? When they get the last bear to throw in the towel. Once that happens, we're a day away from it being over. How about Apple? Why don't we switch gears for a second? Remember the 105 gap we talked about on Apple? Just short of 105. That was filled. And now we're going for the next one. And that officially is 208.49. The high today is 207.75. So they're going to go fill that gap. And if we continue with the melt up in the market, we'll go and fill this gap right here. And that would be 219 and change. That's a tall order. I'm not sure we'll get that high. But nevertheless, Apple is just rising with the market and it will turn when the market turns. Everything will turn together. Not in synchrony, but for the most part. How about Facebook? Facebook has been on an absolute tear. I know there's a lot of holders of Facebook out there. So... Where are we going in Facebook? Well, let's go over to a weekly chart and let's get a better perspective on Facebook. We've talked about this before, but I think it's important to do it again. When you see something like this, and this is on a weekly chart, so this is a big deal. That was a really, really bad week for Facebook. Now, this is called a relief rally. This isn't a bear market. This is a bear market rally, and what's happening here is this is essentially a bearish wedge pattern that will eventually find its top, whether it's at 185 or 187 or 191, something like that. And then Facebook will resume the downward direction. And that's likely what's going to happen to Facebook. Only thing is, 
We need to have the market turn for that last leg to play out. But this is what the weekly chart looks like. Looks a little bit different from the daily chart. When you see a daily chart with somebody's blog post or on television, you don't see the weekly chart. You see this that looks like it's continuing to make new highs. That's my take on Facebook. And with that, it's pretty much everything I wanted to and intended to discuss today. So I'm going to give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.